0: Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I am your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, I'm going to be breaking down our betting picks for week six of the NFL. We're coming off another fun week five of betting on football. And this week we have an exciting slate. Let's jump in. We begin, as always, with a brief recap of last week, our picks for last week. And, whew, whoa, Nelly, it was an ugly week. It was a slaughter parody was alive in the NFL. We thought we knew things about these teams, we thought who was good, who wasn't good, and you know what? We were wrong about a lot of things. Take a look at the Lions, one of my favorite teams to bet on over the last couple of years. Dan Campbell is the reigning cover king, uh, and nonetheless he gets smoked by a Patriots team that myself included everyone else thought was terrible, dog shit team. Now look at what we think of this team. We don't know what to make of them without Mac Jones With a third-string quarterback, the Patriots kick the ever-living shit out of the Lions. A Lions team that had the highest-scoring offense coming into this week uh, now lays an egg against the Patriots team. And now, what, what do we do with this Lions team? How do we really assess them? On top of that, just around the league this week, teams were just upset after upset. The Packers get knocked off in London by the Giants. Another crazy comeback, another Game that sort of goes to show you why anything can happen in the NFL, why we love football, why we love betting on these games or hate betting on these games for many of us, myself included. Because if you look at our picks from last week, it was just gross, right? Uh, Last week's teaser. We had the Lions as one leg of our teaser. That obviously didn't work out. Plus eight and a half. Tampa covered the, the minus two, but that that tease is gone. Our second teaser is even worse. It's Jaguars minus one and a half. The Jags completely lay an egg. Trevor Lawrence once again looks like he doesn't belong on an NFL field. The Commanders cover the eight and a half leg, but still just another gross game there. And oh boy, our three leg parlay was brutal the Packers money line, the Lions money line, and the Seahawks plus five and a half. That's tough going, but you know what? We're coming back this week. We're going to kick these bookies' asses, and we're going to hopefully win some more money this week. So let's begin with a new segment before we even get into our picks for this week, a segment I'm calling The Coverage King. Hey, yo, lesson here, bae. You come at the king, you best not miss. So each week I'm going to be talking about who is the reigning coverage king, the guy who I'm excited to bet on every week because they can't seem to help but to cover every week. Uh, Dan Campbell was the coverage king for some time. Arthur Smith is in consideration. But this week's cover king is none other than Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator on the Dallas Cowboys. Dan Quinn's work with this Cowboys defense has been amazing. Uh, the last two years, they've been ranking at the top of the league in just about every category, scoring defense, yardage. And this year, I think they're even better. Uh, they are just keeping a Cowboys team that lost Dak Prescott after week one in these games. They are covering left and right. This coming week, they get a divisional rival on Sunday Night Football. They get the Eagles, a team that has been steamrolling teams offensively. Jalen Hurts has looked like a world beater, maybe an MVP candidate. And now he faces... The new coverage king, Dan Quinn. Give me the Cowboys in that game, plus five and a half. We're going to talk a little bit more about it as we give out our picks. But right now, I need to crown this week's coverage king, Dan Quinn of the Dallas Cowboys. Moving on to our week six NFL picks. We begin, as always, with Thursday Night Football. This week's Thursday Night Football game is another barn burner. Another disgusting matchup. Uh, Last week, as we watched a pathetic Broncos offense basically just muddled through four hours of football. Uh, we had to see Amazon advertising this week's Commanders versus Chicago Bears game. And just think, wow, we have to do this again. Same time next week, you maniacs. The sicko game of the week, Commanders in Chicago. The Bears are favorites by one. Uh, the over-under in this game is a paltry, 38 points. Yuck, 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 yuck. All I can say, looking at this low over under, this is in the teaser zone, as we know. However, I don't like betting on these Thursday night games. And and you saw why last week, right? We think we have a game between looking at this early schedule. We we see the the Broncos on the schedule. We see a Colts team that's bringing in Matt Ryan. We think we're going to be getting one thing, and ultimately we get a schlock fest of field goals. Uh, That seems to be how the Broncos just play football this year. I'm not keen to... Waste my hard earned money on having to watch some of these pathetic, terrible, terrible Thursday night football games. That said, I don't think that this Bears game can possibly be worse than last week's Thursday night football game. I'm excited to see Justin Fields, especially after a week where he looked to improve a little bit. He made some really, really great plays. He had an incredible run call back. He seems to have a little bit of juice now after embarrassing himself for the first three or four weeks of the season. Uh, You know who doesn't have juice is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz looks like the worst player in football for like a quarter and a half every week, and then he makes some crazy throws and everyone sort of forgets about it. This past week, he lost the Commanders the game at the goal line by throwing a back-breaking interception to end the game. They were in a position to win it. Just bad, bad news. I don't know how long or how much longer we're going to see Carson Wentz as a starter in the NFL, but for right now, he's in that Jameis Winston entertainment zone where it's just fun to watch him do dumb things every week. I'm staying away from this game. If I had one pick, I'd likely lean the Bears here, minus one. I think people are keen to fade them because they were throwing for 130 yards per week uh, through the air through the first couple weeks of the season. Now, in terms of props on this game, that's probably where I'd more likely play some stuff. I'd like Darnell Mooney, anytime touchdown scorer. You're going to get pretty decent odds on that one. He's due for a touchdown. He's not seeing high target volume, but He's theoretically the number one guy in this offense. And the Washington football team commanders have been unable to really sustain coverage throughout the game. Their defense has been pathetic. They let Nikita Westbrook on the Titans score all over them. He got 72 yards with the air. They especially can't cover the slot. I don't know who's going to be playing primarily in that slot spot for the Bears. And I don't know if that really matters because fields doesn't really throw across the middle of the field at this point in his career, but keep in mind, Darnell Mooney Anytime touchdown scorer, Equinamia-St. Brown, anytime touchdown scorer, those could be some fun plays for you to play on Thursday night football. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings at the Miami Dolphins. Over under in this game is set at 45 and a half. The Vikings are three-point favorites here. Everyone is going to be fading a Dolphins team where we don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback. This past week, the Dolphins just had more and more bad luck. To his replacement, um, Teddy Bridgewater gets injured on the first drive of the game. Doesn't even throw for any yards, I don't think. Now they're playing with a third-string quarterback. They have a, a tough matchup with a good Vikings team coming to town. I don't know what to make of this Vikings team because, honestly, they could have very easily lost this game to the Bears here. The Vikings have been a completely different team on the road thus far this season. It feels weird them really giving points on the road, even with the third string quarterback here for the Dolphins. I think this Dolphins defense will be able to give the Vikings a little bit of trouble here. I wouldn't be surprised to see Justin Jefferson go for another massive game because right now this Dolphins defensive secondary is sort of beat up. So if I had a lean in this game, it would be the over 45 and a half points in terms of the spread. I just couldn't feel good taking the Vikings here. They've been so inconsistent on the road that I wouldn't feel good about myself taking them minus the three here. So give me the dolphins plus three. And more importantly, give me the over in this game. I think both teams score points. I don't trust this Vikings defense. And I really think that uh, because of the injuries to the defensive secondary of the dolphins, the Vikings could score some points as well. Next up, the new England Patriots on the road against the Cleveland Browns. The over under in this game is set at 42 and a half. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, The Browns are three point favorites here. And good God, what a matchup. We got Zappi, the third-string quarterback for the Patriots. We got Jacoby beef Brissett uh, dominating for this Browns team. Beef looks like a a top-end starter. He's a a top half of the league starter through football so far this year, which is an insane thing to say. Jacoby Brissett was a known commodity, and he's been better than $250 million man Russell Wilson. Tell me things you didn't have on your bingo card going into this season. That's one of them for me, at least. This game has another just terrible, terrible low over-under. What is going on with the offenses this year? Football, just not not a lot of scoring. A lot lot of low over-unders each and every week. I love the Browns on the money line here. I'm not going to feel good about taking them minus three. I've been pretty keen to bet on this Browns team. They didn't ultimately cover uh, last week. The line got down to, to minus one, but they're a good football team. At home. If I had a lean, maybe I'd take the Browns minus three, but I love the Browns on the money line. I'd be looking to put that in with a few parlays this week, something to consider in terms of pairing it with something, a smaller bet that could maybe turn a profit there. Give me Jacoby Brissett, give me B. Brissett, and at some point, Belichick has to lose with this searcher and quarterback, right? It just doesn't make sense. He can't keep getting away with it. Next game, Niners on the road, going to the East Coast, going to Atlanta. The Niners are giving five and a half points, and another low over-under of 43 and a half. This is a gross, gross, gross game as well. We, I'm not loving the slate so far. Uh, and and even just looking at the over-unders, you can see that Vegas sort of thinks this is going to be a bit of a sloppy week. Maybe things will surprise us. But the Niners look to be clicking on all cylinders. This is an offense that is now, we're looking at year three or four of, of them in this version of this offense with Debo Samuel, with George Kittle healthy. And now Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and he sort of slides right into the role that he was playing on a team that got to the NFC title game last year. People, myself included, had a lot of consternation about this team and its prospects as they were transitioning to this new version of the Niners with Trey Lance at quarterback. But we saw this week that the old version of the Niners that, that Kyle Shanahan and Lynch really wanted to move on from, it was pretty damn good. I don't know how that will manifest itself in the playoffs when the field gets tighter and quarterbacks really need to make those throws that are just the windows are that much smaller. And Jimmy G has shown an ability to really elevate at that level. But for now, the Niners look like the Niners in terms of all their players are getting hurt (laughs) and they are kicking the shit out of teams with a dominant running game and just letting their studs be studs and getting their guys in a position to dominate. We haven't seen a huge George Kittle game. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the game. Give me Kittle anytime touchdown scorer. I'm going to hop on a few Kittle props here. This feels like a game where he really asserts himself and makes his presence known. I like the Falcons to cover the five and a half though here. The Falcons are right now in the I'm not betting against you phase. I almost made Arthur Smith my cover hero of the week, my cover man, because Arthur Smith, all he does is coach his team to tight losses. Even this past week, they played a... Bucks team that was objectively better than them, objectively kicking the shit out of them for three and a half quarters, that Falcons team ends up making it a tight game, making it a one-score game at the end there, and they cover, they cover the spread. This is what they do. They cover the eight and a half. That's what Arthur Smith does. He covers spreads, and he acts like a real dickhead in all his press conferences. So now give me the Falcons plus five and a half against the Niners this week. The next game, I will not waste my breath. Too much talking about my Pittsburgh Steelers. My God, this offense is pathetic. Matt Canada, Steelers offensive coordinator, should be put out to pasture. He should not be coaching NFL football anymore. He has done nothing but but lead this team into mediocrity over the last two years. Their offenses look just pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. I thought last year watching Big Ben Roethlisberger conduct this offense in a just terrible, terrible manner, check down, check down, check down, not really doing anything of note until the fourth quarter typically. I thought that was the worst Steelers offense maybe I'd ever see. And then Matt Canada came in this year with Mitchell Trubisky with our new promising young rookie and said, say no more fam. I'm going to show you the worst offense you've ever seen. And now I'm seeing it every week, this offense does nothing good. We get a lot of drops from Deontay Johnson, a guy who I really like as a player. He's dropping key fourth down conversions. George Pickens is making incredible catches every week. He's showing why he should have been probably a first round pick. If he wasn't a head case in college guys like Chase Claypool, they're not showing anything. They're showing why the Steelers are going to let him walk when that deal's done, when his rookie deal is done. This guy doesn't know how to high point a ball. He's a physical specimen who can't seem to do much of anything besides catch an end around. This Steelers offense is terrible. Najee Harris looks like he has no juice. Jalen Warren, the, the rookie, the third-round rookie who the Steelers took this year, looks to have way more explosiveness than Najee Harris. I don't know what to do with the Steelers team. I don't want to talk about them as covering games because they're not going to do it. They're not even going to compete in this game. The over-under here is set at 44. The line here is set at 8.5 in the Bucks' favor. The Bucks don't even look that good. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers hang around this game a little bit early. But this is a prime teaser candidate. Any teaser you have, you should be teasing the Bucks down to 2.5. My God. The Steelers are not coming within two and a half points of the Bucks in this game. It's just not happening. This Bucks secondary is dominant, and the Steelers cannot complete a pass downfield. So everywhere, I'm going to be pairing this with our major picks for the week. But the Bucks minus two and a half on the teas is Chef's Kiss. It's a must-have this week. Next game on our agenda is the Bengals in New Orleans at the Superdome against the Saints. Over/under in this game is set at 43 and a half. The Bengals are two and a half point favorites. Looks like we may get Andy Dalton again here. James Winston just doesn't play games. He hasn't played games since he's been in New Orleans. The guy just, just always hurt. It's a shame because we wanted to see James sort of have a shot at that second chapter. But... I'm not sure that the drop-off to Andy Dalton at this point is that significant. Dalton's moving the ball a little bit. The Saints are getting crafty with how they're winning games. They're winning games as a defensive-first football team, using guys like Taysom Hill to really produce just electricity in that offense. Kamara looked like a guy rejuvenated, like a guy who's taken off three of the last four weeks of football. And maybe this Saints team is turning a corner. On the downside for the Saints team, they don't have any wide receivers because Michael Thomas has constant foot injuries, and, and I don't know when he's coming back from his lower extremity injuries, maybe as a turf toe thing. Who knows? Chris Olave got knocked clean out in this football game. The guy was maybe the most promising rookie receiver so far this year. Gets knocked out cold, and now his status for next week is unknown. Now the Bengals are coming off a tough loss in Baltimore against a divisional rival. They played the game pretty tough. It was a bit of a slop fest. But that's AFC North football, baby. That's, That's how we do it in the AFC North. And unfortunately for the Bengals, they come out, on the losing end of that last second field goal to Justin Tucker. Now they go into New Orleans. This game's a stay away from me. If I had a lean here, it would be the under 43 and a half. I think both these defenses are actually extremely good. And that the Bengals are gonna have trouble moving the ball just as they had they've had every week so far this year. My God, what is Zach Taylor doing with some of these offensive play calls? And the Saints are running out a Taysom Hill sort of rinky-dink gadget play offense right now and having to rely on Andy Dalton, the guy who is like six years past his prime. So this, I think, has the makings of another slot fest. I think that's just Bengals football this year. We expected them to be this dominant, star-studded offense. But really... That's just not who they are or who they've shown themselves to be so far. They're a defensive-minded team this year with an improved defense that is keeping them in games and giving them a shot to maybe make another deep playoff run. So give me the under in this game. If I had to lean on the ATS pick, it would probably be the Bengals minus 2.5, but I don't feel good about it. Next up, the Baltimore Ravens coming off a major AFC North victory. Go to New York to a Giants team that is buzzing. The Ravens are four and a half point favorites. The over under in this game set at 44 and a half. The Giants are four and one. The Giants are the Kings of New York right now, uh, at least until the Yankees beat the crap out of the Cleveland Guardians later this week. They have the city buzzing. They had everyone talking about this Giants team. Are they for real? I don't think they're for real. <laughs> I think the Packers are not good. I I think the Giants are maybe the worst 4-1 team I've ever seen. But they're winning games. They have a good head coach who is teaching this team really the fundamentals of how to finish games, how to finish drives. I love what Dable's doing with this team. I was pretty high on him as a head coach before the season, and I'm happy to see that the the Giants seem to have hired the right guy for this job. That being said, this feels like a game where the Ravens come in and take care of business. I've said that before here, but I, I think the Giants may be riding high off of Big, big, big victory. Maybe one of the bigger victories the Giants have had in the last like five years. And now they play another really good opponent who's starting to feel really good about themselves. What this team's looking like after a big divisional win on Sunday Night Football. Uh, And Lamar Jackson, I think, runs all over this Giants defense. The Giants don't cover that four-and-a-half-point line. Give me the Ravens here. And I'm excited to see... Lamar Jackson just brutalized this New York Giants team. Put these Giants fans back in place. This team's been terrible for seven years. I don't want to hear about how good they are now. Are they for real? No. The Giants are not for real. Give me the Ravens all day, minus four. Speaking of overhyped, overconfident New York football teams, the New York Jets go on the road against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay at Lambeau Field, 46-point over-under. The Green Bay Packers are seven-point favorites in this game. Ah, tease, 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 tease. This is the teaser game. This is the other leg of our teaser game. The Packers, after an embarrassing implosion against the Giants last week, uh, they're going to go home. They need to look in the mirror. Their coaching staff needs to assess why they don't give their running backs the ball when their running backs are the best players on their offense, aside from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they need to get guys like Aaron Jones in space. They need to get guys like AJ Dillon running downhill more consistently. Get these guys the ball in the passing game. Do something. Mix it up. Whatever you have to do, because you can't be losing to the New York Football Giants, even this improved version of this Giants team, a Packers team with Super Bowl aspirations, with the talent they have on defense should not be losing that game, especially with the lead they had going into halftime, the sort of momentum they had in terms of going into the fourth quarter there. They cannot lose that game on the road. So now they get to take out all their frustrations on a New York Jets team that's coming off a high, high, exciting victory at home against a Dolphins team that looked like world beaters just a few weeks ago. Now this Dolphins team's really licking its wounds. Their quarterback's concussed. Their backup quarterback's concussed. Their head coach, who had all these funny, cute sayings in the media, uh, it's it's not looking so good now. Nobody cares about his cute quotes when they're losing games to the Jets on the road. This Dolphins team is really reeling right now, and the Jets took advantage of it last week. Zach Wilson showing maybe some promise. He looked like the best of the quarterbacks from that class last week. He's been frisky since he came back, but I think this Jets offense comes crashing back down to earth, and the Packers cover the seven-point line. More importantly, I'm not going to bet the seven-point line. I am going to tease the shit out of the Packers here. Give me the Packers. Tease that seven-point line down to minus one. Pair that with the Bucks. Bucs minus two and a half. Packers minus one. That is, oh, it just feels so good to look at. Who, who's blowing that for me? Somebody tell me. It feels incredible. I am fading the Jets. I am fading my Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Give me a tease of the Packs minus one and the Buccaneers minus two and a half. Next up, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars head to Indianapolis. Uh, The over-under in this game is set at 42. The Colts are two-point favorites. The Colts are coming off 10 days' rests after committing uh, crimes against the game of football on Thursday night with the Denver Broncos in a 12-9 game that everyone, myself included, wishes they could scrape from their memory banks. The Colts are a disaster offensively. Jonathan Taylor, I don't think, is going to play in this game. They're going to be starting a third-string running back. Matt Ryan looks toast. The Colts are paying their offensive line the most in the NFL and cannot move the ball. They have one of the worst offensive lines in football. Matt Ryan's getting pulverized every game. Fortunately for the Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars look terrible. They made Lovey Smith and the Texans look like the 86 Bears, and they were unable to get it done at home against a Texans team that didn't really look like they had a lot of juice. Uh, Outside of Damian Pierce, this Texans offense wasn't really lighting the world on fire, so I'm not sure what's going on or what to make of this Jacksonville team right now. I still think they probably have the most talent of any team in that division, but my God, I I can't trust Trevor Lawrence when I'm watching him overthrow guys every, every, every drive. It's just terrible. This guy was a generational talent or supposed to be. And all he does is airmail throws. We'll see if he ultimately turns out to be the guy that that he was projected to be. But for right now, he's just a mediocre quarterback who, who can't really string together consistent, high level play. For all those reasons, give me the Colts in this game, minus two. Another low-over-under game, the Jaguars are maybe a teaser candidate, but I'm not going to feel good betting on Trevor Lawrence here. It's not something that I'm really going to want to put on myself. For for my own mental well-being, I'm not betting on Trevor Lawrence until he puts together three consistent, high-level quarterback play games. The next game we're talking about here is the Arizona Cardinals going on the road to Seattle, over-under in this game is set at 51 and a half, one of the highest of the week, highest so far, I think. And the Cardinals are minus three on the road here. I love the Seahawks in this spot. This is such a <coughs> smash play to me for the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks money line here. The Seahawks are coming off a bad loss to a Saints team that was starting basically just Taysom Hill. <laughs> this guy dominated and single-handedly won the game for the Saints on offense. Uh, and the Seahawks just couldn't get a defensive stop. This defensive unit is one of the worst in the NFL. Not one of I think it is the worst unit so far this year. But fortunately for them, they found lightning in a bottle with Geno Smith. This offensive unit has been the most efficient in the league so far. They've been impressing everyone with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, All these guys are really just playing at such a high level right now. I love this game to be something of a shootout. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. A Seahawks versus Cardinals game. A Cardinals offense has been really struggling throughout this year. But I think that they're going to look a lot better than they have over the course of the season against possibly the worst defense in the NFL. I'm going to take a lot of... Anytime touchdown scorer plays here. A couple same game parlays, just in terms of a Cardinals receivers. I love Eno Benjamin as an anytime touchdown scorer here. I don't know what James Conner's status is going to be going into next week. Something to monitor as, as you look at bets for this game, player props. Give me the Seahawks plus three in this spot. I'm going to put them on the money line. I'm going to think about taking them in a parlay. Something to consider in this spot. Just at home against a divisional rival, weird stuff happens. Next up, the Carolina Panthers on the road against the LA Rams. The over under in this game is another terrible one 41.5. The Rams are 10.5 point favorites coming off. Matt Rule being fired, coming off. Baker Mayfield getting hurt. PJ Walker is going to play in this game, start a quarterback in all likelihood. If the Rams cannot get it done against this Panthers team in an all time bad spot, Steve Wilkes, one of the worst head coaches we've seen over the last 10 years, 20 years. Uh, is the new interim head coach of this team. If the Rams can't get it done, I think we need to write them off as a playoff team this year. They've looked horrendous on offense, and it's primarily because they cannot protect Stafford in any way. And we saw a lot of this with Jared Goff before he ultimately moved on, before the Rams moved on from him. But it seems like McVay's system really seems to implode when it has the most slight change in offensive line talent. If they don't have a top-level offensive line, McVay's system sort of just goes to shit. I understand that Stafford was able to make lemonade out of lemons or whatever the saying is. That's not what it is. But he was able to make uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit last year on offense very often. And now uh, he's not able to do that at such a high level because he may be dealing with this elbow injury and this line is just so much worse than it was last year. But I need the Rams to take care of business here for me to take them seriously as a contender this year. I like the Rams minus 10 and a half. I'm going to probably put them in a teaser. I know that sometimes these teams, after a coach is fired, get that sort of post-head coach bump, but I don't buy it with this Panthers team. I think they're really, really bad, even though I do like their, their offensive skill players to maybe get some, get some points here in terms of Christian McCaffrey getting a lot of receptions, that kind of stuff, something to keep in mind for, for prop plays. The marquee matchup of the week, to me, is none other than the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, a matchup of one of the best football games I have ever seen. In the AFC title game last year, we get the Bills on the road in Kansas City, minus two and a half against a Chiefs team that that I really like. Uh, This team, as we're speaking, uh, the, the Monday night football game is going on where they were playing a Las Vegas Raiders team that seems to be giving them the business so far. We'll see how this game ultimately shakes out. But coming off a potential divisional loss, playing a Bills team that has looked like one of the most explosive offenses of all time. I feel I may just avoid betting on this game so I can enjoy it as a fan. I'm going to look at any time touchdown scorers in this game just to have a little fun, a little action on, on a game that I think is going to be incredibly watchable, incredibly electric to, to watch. I love Gabe Davis as an anytime touchdown scorer. He's coming off a two touchdown game and he has low volume. He only played like 30% of the Bills' snaps last week. Uh, so, That may not be the smartest bet, but he kicked the shit out of the Chiefs last time they played in the AFC title game. So uh, catching for over 200 yards in the last matchup, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bills try to force him the ball again here. I love the Bills here on the road. I was in Kansas City last year when the Bills went to Kansas City in the regular season and just kicked the shit out of the Chiefs. I think they're going to do that again here. I just love what this Bills team is putting on tape every week. Their offense looks completely dominant. I know their defense is injured. I know they're not maybe as good defensively as we projected them to be. But this game is going to be so fun. I I want to have some sort of action on it. I'm probably not going to play the line here. But if I had to, give me the Bills minus two in Kansas City. And good God, everyone. Just enjoy this game. Enjoy these two freak show quarterbacks who are going to put on a show for us every week for hopefully the next 10 to 20 years. Next up, the Dallas Cowboys on the road against Philadelphia Eagles. Another amazing matchup. The Cowboys defense has been keeping them in games. I said Dan Quinn is is my coverage hero and my cover king of the week. Give me the Cowboys plus five in this game. The over-under is set at 42. I know this is in the Vegas zone here, but I just want to bet against the Eagles. The Eagles are getting so much love lately. They've been so good against the spread. They've been completely dominant on both sides of the ball. Their offense looks like world beaters every week. Last week, we saw some some chinks in that armor in terms of Jalen Hurts throwing an interception, not really looking quite as comfortable as the game progressed as a passer. I know he's just unbelievable as a runner, and he's on pace for the most rush attempts by a quarterback of all time. But, 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 I think this Cowboys team really forces him into some uncomfortable situations the same way they have every player they've played so far this year. Even Tom Brady for week one for for that game where the Cowboys offense looked disgusting, the defense was still top-notch. If Micah Parsons is healthy, assuming that he recovers from that injury he sustained at the end of this past week's game, I love the Cowboys here. Give me the Cowboys to win. Give me the Cowboys to win outright. It's going to be a fun matchup, another fun matchup, another great cap to a fun Sunday this week. Let's go, Cowboys. Our final game this week, the Denver Broncos taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are five-point favorites here. The over-under in this game is set at 45.5. Truthfully, I don't know what to make of this team. I think that both the Chargers and the Broncos are two of the biggest disappointments to me coming into this year. Brandon Staley, I thought, was going to be one of the best head coaches in football coming off what a genius season he sort of had with the Rams before taking over with the Chargers. He was projected to be this sort of Sean McVay heady, smart, innovative coach. And you know what? He's a defensive-minded head coach who can't stop the fucking run. It makes no sense. His defense can't stop the run. I understand that part of that is a systematic thing that he's doing to force teams to play into that shell too high coverage but listen you're not going to win games if you can't stop the fucking run so tell me about how smart this guy is tell me about how his analytics moves make sense but ultimately he's putting his his team in a position to lose every week by not putting together a roster not calling defensive plays that will stop the run in any meaningful situation on top of that his key play calling moments the, the the moments where head coaches are really made Uh, those high leverage things, his fourth down conversion or attempt this past week with the Browns in his own territory to go for the win and then call some sort of fade route to Mike Williams two yards down the field was football malpractice, a fireable offense in my opinion. You cannot do that. You cannot tell me any analytics that that indicate that's the right move are bullshit. If you're a football guy, if you're somebody who's watched a sport, who knows a sport, you can just look at that situation and say every time you want Kobe Brissett to have to push the ball 50 yards down the field and get that team in the field goal range. You don't want to give them an automatic field goal just because you, you think your guys are that much better than them. Keenan Allen's not there. They don't have guys who can operate in that short area of the field when that field tightens up. Mike Williams is not that guy. He's not that crisp of a route runner. Uh, they have a lot of injuries on their offensive line. What are you doing, Brandon Staley? And my God, stop doing it. So, you know what, for as terrible and pathetic as this Broncos team is, for as pathetic as this Broncos' excuse is with Russell Wilson, oh, I have a shoulder injury, I've been nursing one, Uh, give me the Broncos here plus five. I think they may win this game outright as well as an underdog because at some point, something has to give, An unstoppable force is meeting an immovable object. These teams both suck, and one of them has to win this game, unfortunately. So give me the Broncos here on the road against the Chargers with no home field advantage. Finally, my big teaser pick this week is going to be the Bucks minus two and a half and the Packers minus one. I love that. That's my big play. I may throw in a secondary teaser there with the Bucs minus two and a half and then the Rams minus four and a half at a smaller play, a smaller unit play because I don't trust the Rams. Nothing they've done has made me trust them so far this year. On top of that, I have a fun parlay for you guys this week. The Vikings money line, the Seahawks money line, and the Ravens money line. You can get a nice plus 400, plus 435 value on that at FanDuel right now. Something to think about as you're going into next week. Have a little action, have a little fun. Thanks as always for listening. This has been the Vegas Odds Football Show. and I'll be back with you guys next week.